You know, I spent a lot lot of time covering politics over the years, so I'm always really interested in how politicians communicate. And ever since he announced his his bid to become the leader of the Conservative Party, Pierre Polyev has been done a really good job, especially with his social media videos. They're very well done. Some of them are better than others. Uh, but he puts together these little vignettes. They're often well shot. They're well told. Um, he's compelling. They have a narrative. They have a story arc. They're good. They're they're interesting to watch. You don't have to like his politics. You don't have to like him. You don't have to like his party, or you can. Um, but just purely as political communication, I think they're really well done. So a new one came out last week, and I recognized the back, backdrop. It was called something like, everything is broken. Now, that's a pretty common refrain from an opposition leader, right? It's It seems a bit a bit ludicrous. Obviously, it's not it's simplistic. Not everything is broken. Not every moment of everyone's lives in Canada is full of, filled with despair and fear. Um, but he makes an interesting point. The backdrop is Vancouver. Uh, he's on the edge of the water. There's a tent city behind him and the Vancouver skyline beyond that. And it's really about, and it's an effective video. It's it's well shot. It's it's there's music. You know, it's well told. But you start listening to the message and you, you think, well, what's, the, what's this one about? Because often they're about freedom and so on. This one is about the failures, as he sees it, of drug policy, right? Um, the opioid crisis we know has been, in, I mean, in BC, it's been a, it was declared a public health emergency six years ago now. Thousands of people have died in BC alone, let alone elsewhere, since the opioid crisis began. And of course, Governments everywhere have been struggling to figure out how to contend with it because really the problem is an illicit supply of poisonous drugs. Fentanyl, carfentanyl are lethal and they're hard to stop. They come into our country. They're sold by unscrupulous dealers to people who need them and use them. Um, and a lot of people die alone using these drugs. It's, it's a curse and it's, it needs to be stopped. How do you stop it? Well, the theme of this five-minute video that Pierre Polyev put out over last weekend uh, was really about targeting Vancouver's policies around safe supply or providing drugs that are not contaminated with toxic opioids to those fighting addiction. Here's how he puts it. We need to stop using tax dollars to fund dangerous drugs under the so-called and ironically named idea of safe supply. There is no safe supply of these drugs. They are deadly, they are lethal, and they are relentlessly addictive. Giving people more of these drugs will not free them from their addiction. It will only lead to their ultimate death, as we have seen over the last several years that it has been tried here in Vancouver. So is that right? Is he right? A lot of people jumped up and said, wait a second, what's that based on? Safe supply isn't the problem here. Alberta may have had a, a bit of a good run recently with uh, with preventing with fewer overdose deaths, but they use safe supply. Is safe supply the problem here? Well, one person who used to be a top advisor on justice issues for uh, what, who was then Pierre Polyev's boss, Prime Minister Stephen Harper, doesn't buy it at all. He calls it five minutes of rehashing old and failed war on drugs tropes that are uh, costly and deadly. Joining me now is Benjamin Perrin again. Uh, former advisor to Prime Minister Stephen Harper. He's now a professor at the Allard School of Law at the University of British Columbia. And he's also author of Overdose, Heartbreak and Hope in Canada's Opioid Crisis. Thanks so much for your time tonight, Ben. Thank you for having me. Uh, as someone so close to this matter, uh, we continue to see high death rates. It feels like we're not making progress. Uh, at least it's hard to see. Are we, do you think? 
Well, we continue to see massive numbers of people across uh, Canada dying of opioid-related deaths. We know that the cause of this from the coroners who unfortunately have to do the autopsies and toxicology reports of people who die, we know what's causing it. It's, ca it's caused by illicit fentanyl contaminating street drugs. Here in BC, the coroner service found there was no evidence of people dying from accessing a safer supply. To the contrary, uh, research continues to show that providing people with drugs of known contents and potency, not just these street drugs mixed in kitchen blenders, that that reduces their overdose risk. Is there been progress made? Well, in the, in the sense of how many lives we know have been saved by people having access to overdose prevention sites, it has saved countless lives. But we are still in the thick of the opioid crisis. We're still not doing what we need to do, which is to decriminalize people who use drugs, provide them with safe places to use, a safer supply, and uh, access to evidence-based treatment and recovery. We need to do all of those things, in addition, of course, dealing with the underlying uh, causes of this. When you look at sort of, um, I wouldn't call it public frustration, but through the pandemic, it's been a tough time, right? Uh, for everybody, I mean, it's been a horrific time for people dying alone of drug overdoses. It's been a horrific mm. time for their families. We've spoken to them on the show, you know, who talk about empathy for those who are try struggling with addiction, but also with a rise in sort of random attacks and so on. You're seeing, we've been in this crisis for a long time and nerves get frayed on all sides, right? I guess that's why I was asking about, about, progress because it feels like people want to see something change and yet it feels like we're it's sort of a Sisyphean task it's been it's it's a hard mountain to climb this one well the bottom line is with respect to substance use and mental health issues is that we have chronically underfunded and not supported them and and we're, we're, we're actually going to make things a lot worse here in Canada now as we think that the answer is more police right. and in in Vancouver Ottawa other cities across the country in the province of BC now we're seeing uh, massive increases in police budgets, more handcuffs is not going to help. Uh, bottom line is, you know, someone does a commits an act of violence. If they're a threat to others, they obviously need to be separated from society for a time. The problem is the way that we do that is to actually make things worse. You know, people don't get better in prison and jail and custody. They tend to get a lot worse. Yeah. I, I, what's really interesting about your background, of course, is that you came from, I mean, as an advisor to Prime Minister Harper within the Conservative government, you have a really good grasp of, of what the mindset is around some of these issues from from another point of view, because I think sometimes we often hear from those who advocate for, for safe supply and advocate for, uh, for supervised uh, injection and so on. When you look at Pierre Polyev's video... And we taught, and this is yeah. sort of where we started here about everything is broken. You know, safe supply is the problem. Woke, sort of quote unquote, woke uh, policies <laughs> right. are the issue. Right. Uh, you know that world. Where's that coming from? Do you think? Well, it's very simple. He's doing it to get votes. He knows that people are are tempted by uh, fear and quick fixes, and it's it sounds like a quick fix. Just you know, start locking people up. You know, there's bottom line is there's no evidence to support it. Pierre Polyev in his video says that we know what works, and he says we can stop these drugs at the border. I mean, anyone who knows anything about this issue was not laughing, but just shocked that he said that. He knows that's not true. The Canada Border Services Agency and uh, investigators who I interviewed for my research told me that they find packages as small as greeting cards, like you know, mentioning the Christmas cards people are going to get in a you know, few, right. few weeks here. That's where the fentanyl is. It's, it's a very potent powder. There's over, over 1.9 million packages enter the Vancouver International Airport from China every month. So Pierre Polyev wants to hire some more people to go looking for needles in the haystack and tells us that's the way out. Forget it. And if we want to talk about people living in tents in cities like, uh, like Vancouver and Victoria and Toronto and really throughout Canada, the, the current stats this week in Vancouver, it costs $2,500 
$2,500 on average to rent a one bedroom apartment. That is why we have tent cities. It's because we have people who have been left behind by society. Typically, there's a combination of things like mental health disorders. There can be substance use, there isn't always. And people who have been marginalized. You know, you think about uh, folks who experienced massive levels of childhood trauma or through the uh, foster care child welfare system. It's tough. And, and there's families too. You know, it's not, we don't need to be afraid of homeless people. Uh, there's this fear and stigma against the poor, which it's heartbreaking. You know, whenever I've gone and, and spoken with folks living out of tents and vans and trailers, everyone has been thoughtful, considerate, polite, you know, dropping off a bit of food for folks. That's what we should be doing, not using them as political backdrops like Pierre Pelliev is doing to, to demonize them. Tell me about the safe supply issue, because that was, um, you know, taxpayer funded safe supply. My understanding, of course, was that um, safe supply was simply that you can't you can't make addicts stop on the on the dime. So you can't put them into recovery, but it, without without trying to keep them alive. And and that's what right. safe supply does. I mean, safe supply right. and, and it's and it's used everywhere. Yeah, safe supply actually has decades of experience uh, throughout. Uh, European countries, it's a, it's it's actually medically recommended for people who have made multiple attempts at recovery and it hasn't worked. The average person, by the way, who got on the first safe supply trials in Vancouver over 15 years ago had uh, 15 years of substance use disorder experience, so long-term substance use people, 11 attempts at recovery. And this was before the opioid crisis. They probably wouldn't even live to that point uh, in the current context. The safe supply is really quite simple if you think about it. If we had any other product in our society that was contaminated, it was meat or water, and it was killing thousands of people a year, we would say, get that off the shelves, right? We're going to replace that. And as you pointed out, look, the bottom line is an addiction is, is someone's going to keep using, even if they want to stop. And we need to keep people alive. So Pierre Polyev's answer to that is to give the drug supply in Canada, which hundreds of thousands of Canadians are using, he's going to give that over to organized crime. That's what his plan is. It's to let organized crime do this. And he talks tough talk about this stuff. But unfortunately, what I found as I looked into the war on drugs and the evidence is we actually, in large part, it, it's to blame is the war on drugs. The more you crack down on a substance, the more potent it gets, right? Think of alcohol prohibition. You know, right. people learn pretty quick, you know, don't smuggle beer, smuggle moonshine. It's higher potency, it's less bulk. Well, that's how we end up with fentanyl and carfentanyl. They're synthetic drugs that are very potent, much harder to find than things like like heroin. And so, so you know, look, we've we've tried the war on drugs for over 40 years, and I grew up you know, hearing about it and seeing it in the Conservative Party. And enough is enough. Criminalizing people who have an addiction is wrong. It's cruel. And promising that you can fix things by throwing more money at policing, you're going to waste a lot of money and more people are going to die. Benjamin Parrott is with us this half hour. He's a professor at the Allard School of Law at UBC. He's author of Overdose, Heartbreak and Hope in Canada's, and Hope in Canada's Opioid Crisis. In this video, and there's been a lot of talk about Alberta's approach to the whole opioid crisis and how it's seen a significant drop in overdose deaths of late. My understanding, though, is that they're using safe supply in Alberta. Yeah, Alberta has a combination of harm reduction programs because they're life-saving medical interventions, right? They should not be subject to political whims like they are. So, you know, supervised conception sites or overdose prevention sites, those are those are places literally if someone is is using their own drugs and they fall flat on the floor because of and stop breathing because of an overdose, again, because it's organized crime that's giving them the drugs. That's what the drug prohibition says to do. 
there's someone there to revive them. That's that's all these places are. And they're pro- they've been proven to have saved thousands upon thousands of lives. And yeah, they exist there. If you were to say to a conservative audience, for instance, who might be really receptive to what Pierre Polyev has to say on this, what would you tell them? Hey, I was there too. I was at the front of the band. I was Prime Minister Harper's criminal justice advisor. Drugs are bad. We should criminalize them. Let's crack down on uh, on the supply. Th- those were my views until I actually went and did the did the research. I and it wasn't just reading studies. It was meeting with with people. It was meeting not only with the the border guards and the police and the judges who told me this is a waste of time. It broke my heart to hear the stories of people who whose loved ones had died from from addiction. And they wanted to, they, they want them to have a second chance. When I talked to Mom Stop the Harm, which is one of the leading mm-hmm. advocacy groups for parents and family members of those who've died, they strongly support safe places for their loved ones to use and safer supply. You know, the people in my research who I talked to, and I'm in particularly talking about people who've been sentenced since sent to prison now, the average age they started using this isn't like an outlier. It's typical. It's 11, 12, 13. Those are hard drugs. Okay. Right. The youngest age that I heard someone develop a substance use disorder was for alcohol. They became an alcoholic at five years old. They did not have the family upbringing I did. Many of these folks are indigenous people whose parents were horrifically abused in residential schools. They were then shuttled around to multiple foster homes where they're physically and sexually abused. And now, They've turned at some point to substances to cope, to medicate the pain. By the way, that's what fentanyl is. It's a pain relief medicine. That's what mm-hmm. it was created for in a lab for, for cancer patients. And people are dying in massive numbers because of trying to medicate that pain. What Canada needs to do is to treat substance use disorder as a medical condition, supporting people to, to stay alive and to get into treatment and recovery. And we need to address the underlying issues that causes people to, to, to use substances, things like childhood trauma. Things like living in this revolving door of being incarcerated, but never getting help. And bottom line is we're spending billions of dollars. Countless lives are being destroyed. And we need to approach this by by two things. One is we need to have compassion for people who have been brought to this place in their lives and follow the evidence around what we know works. And unfortunately, neither of those two things is happening with the federal conservative leaders approach. And I guess we need some patience, too, because I think what I sense is that there is a um, there's a frustration with with what's happened, that we're not seeing the kind of progress. And, and as you point out, it, it could be the half measures on the other way. But it feels like there will be an audience out there that if this becomes politicized. There will be an audience out there saying, OK, enough is enough. Enough is enough. That's that's what Pierre Polyev is banking on. Frankly, the Conservative Party has gained votes and raised funds before uh, demonizing people who use drugs. It's been doing it for over well over 20 years. It did it with the Insight case, first of all, uh, opposing all the evidence. The Supreme Court of Canada had to step in and say, look, there's nothing to back your position up and supervised consumption sites save lives. The case is closed. That's what the court said. That was 20 years ago. There are no simple, simple answers, Ben. I guess that's what it boils down to. There are no simple answers. Benjamin Perrin, thank you so much, as always. Thank you.